when the triangle starts going, it's <laughs> That's like when we come in. This is this is your call. I envision like the whoever's responsible for for making the big lunch for the farm workers that stands out on the porch and rings the dinner bell. The dinner triangle is that how it used to go? That's how they used to do it. I think hearing stories way back on the on the Jesperson family farm. Uh, a good Thursday morning to you, everybody, by the way. It's June 9th, a good afternoon and evening to you, depending on when you're catching the show. Uh, there, there would be these stories, and I, I'm sure that this happened on farms across the country and maybe farms around the world, but whoever would be responsible for putting the lunches together mm. um, would drive them out into the fields, maybe like on a flat deck truck or maybe the old farm truck. Uh, and, and what we're really getting at is it was probably like the seven or eight year old in the family that was doing that, that was allowed to drive on the property. You know, farm kids have been driving since they can walk. Of course. And they they roll out into the middle of the field where the workers are there picking the rocks or doing what they're doing. And everybody could stop and lean against the truck tires, find some shade, crush a couple sandwiches. I can envision everything you're saying, but. Picking the rocks? Oh man, forget about that. <laughs> I'd rather be the one driving out the sandwiches. I'll be the I'll be the dude doing the wraps. Sandwich. <laughs> what do you guys want? Tacos? I'll be back. Well, are you gonna stick around and help us with the rocks? Ah, it sounds like a lot of work. We've got a great show coming up. Two uh, members of Parliament. We might get three. Uh, we're, we're we're hoping for three, but two of them for sure. We're talking about men's mental health. It's Men's Mental Health Month, did you know? And uh, NDP Member of Parliament, Gord Johns uh, out of BC, Alberta Member of Parliament, Matt Janaru of the Opposition Conservatives. Um, and, and then they're partnering up. It's, it's a, a nonpartisan effort with the, the federal liberals as well, MPs from from all three parties uh, stepping forward with a great initiative and, and trying to get guys to talk about mental health because typically, and we, we speak in these big broad swaths, you can't just say, you know, no man on planet Earth talks about his, uh, their mental health. Obviously, that's not accurate. But generally speaking, the way that we're wired, uh, we're a little bit more inclined to isolate, to bottle things up, to keep them to ourselves. And so we're going to find out why these two are, are taking this in the direction they are. Uh, what they're trying to get people to talk about, and then this event coming up on Parliament Hill. It's going to be cool. Fathersdayonthehill.ca is where you can learn more about that. Plus, podcaster Kelsey Snow, I've been waiting to welcome her to the show for a while. Uh, she has an incredible project, a podcast called Sorry, I'm Sad. And she talks about her family's ALS journey, but but it's way bigger than that. She interviews people that have gone through some of the most horrible uh, circumstances the most horrible imagine whether it's it's disease or whether it's a difficult decision a family had to make whether it's a, a significant loss she connects with people and they talk about it john i was uh, conversing with her yesterday and mm-hmm. we were talking generally speaking where we take the conversation and she writes back to me and she says hey listen she says real talk is what i'm all about she says so let's riff let's just have some real nice. talk and so i'm looking forward to that conversation this show happens because of amazing sponsors like the team at we tell you about them all the time. I never tell you to go buy Bitcoin. I'm never going to tell you. I'm never going to give you any financial advice. And, and if if you ever perceive that I'm giving you financial advice, just assume that that should be thrown into the trash because I'm not a financial advisor. But I'm curious and I'm intrigued by cryptocurrency and in particular with Bitcoin. So what I do advise you to do is if you have questions about it, I encourage you to check out bitcoinwell.com you you can find on there right on the main page if you scroll down some great resources like your bitcoin bulletin you can subscribe to a newsletter and if you want to ask questions to a real live human i suggest you ask for benny when you check out the bitcoin well logo the link on the sponsors page on our website ryanjesperson.com real talk starts right now here's ryan jesperson 
Also want to mention right near the top of the show that we're getting close to a sellout for the Real Talk Golf Classic. It's coming up in two weeks today, pal. I'm excited. Two weeks today, we're yeah. going to be on the course. It's a two o'clock mountain time tee off, a shotgun start at the Ranch Golf and Country Club. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Obviously, we're into sort of the final stages of planning and putting the program together and all the signage was getting printed this week, which Mm -hmm. is great. And uh, we're lining up some of the final prizes we have. There's not going to be a single par three on the course that doesn't have a hole in one prize. You told me this. Or a Dilly Bar shooter. Or There will be the Dilly Bar shooters. (laughs) Those are the friends at Dairy Queen are just going to I think that they're going to see a lot of attention there. With their Dilly Bar shooters. But three shots at 20 grand on par threes, plus our friends at St. Albert and Sherwood Dodge, a shot uh, to win a Jeep out there, which is going to be awesome. The Edmonton Oilers have kicked in a premium experience for for next season. Our friends at Marmot Basin have thrown in a whole bunch of of lift passes. You're going to have a chance to win a trip to Jasper. I'm just, these are just off the top of my head. We've got a ton of partners, more food than you can possibly eat. (laughs) Of course. We've got more and more uh, friends of the show and, and some pretty great providers some people in hospitality in Edmonton that want to be a part of this and so literally almost every hole is sponsored with like a food truck or a grill or a taco stand or we got pierogies out there from our friends at Prairie Catering it's going to be unbelievable Soho's bringing their pizza out there Johnny's going to be spinning tunes all day which we're excited about it's going to be incredible and we're taking the day off the next day so you know this is going to be we're giving her all. We're going to get into one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all in gonna... support of the Real Talk Julie Rohr Scholarship. That's why we're doing this, so that every year we can honor that commitment. Uh, and obviously we're going to in perpetuity. Uh, a post-secondary student in Canada that's lost a parent to cancer is going to have a $5,000 scholarship award. And we'll do that annually as selected by our editorial board working with Julie's family, which is going to be great. And the golf tournament is how we're going to fund that. So we do have a few spots for foursomes left. As mentioned, we are close to a sellout. I know it's going to sell out, and I'm excited about it. And I can't wait to meet everybody that's going to be there. The list of volunteers, too. It's a lot of familiar names, real talkers that we know from the email inbox, from the live chat. Yeah. We haven't met them in person. I'm so excited I'm excited to see about the faces. It's going to be great. Texts, right? It's going to be a lot Comments. of fun. So you go to ryanjesperson.com, you click on events, and then the Real Talk Golf Classic. It's nice and easy, and that's where you can sign up. And it's going to be good. It's going to be a great day. That's, it's hard to believe it's coming up two weeks today. Mm-hmm. The one thing we crossed our fingers on, and I know I, I probably shouldn't even mention I probably shouldn't even say it, but you can't control the weather. That's the one thing. Last night. Why would you even we, say that? Yeah, because it's going to go rain or shine. It's going to be a great day. I'm not too worried about it. Last night, though, we were out with the little man. Wyatt had his his now, Timbit soccer. No, the, not not okay. the little man. Although okay. the little man Noah made his debut in the stro- in the bassinet stroller yesterday. We went yeah. for a little walk around the neighborhood, and he is officially the little man now. He right? is officially the little man. At at eleven o'clock tonight, he'll be a week old, and so he's wow. been on planet Earth for for a week now. But yeah, Wyatt had his soccer game. These little the Timbits players, five, you know, five to U seven, so mm-hmm. five and six years old like the cutest, most amazing little ones. They just clump together in a group and follow the ball around, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. And then there's the odd kid that's kind of figured it out and is just just cuts through the defenses. And like you've got the one kid on every team that scores like nine goals a game. You know, their parents are all proud of them, but they also say, that kid. Now try to pass, sweetheart. Let's work on our passing. because Yeah, we've been grooming light. him since he was one. <laughs> yeah, he's going to play for, He's going to play with Alfonso Davies someday. And then the sky just opened up last night, like a monsoon-style rainstorm, which actually was incredible. The kids were all loving it. 
uh, until the lightning started introducing itself, and then things got a little bit sketchy. But, uh, yeah, can't wait for the Real Talk Golf Classic. That's coming up. We're going to talk men's mental health in just a quick second. Uh, we're waiting on uh, a couple of MPs are going to be joining us. But quickly, John, why don't we, why don't we get this one uh, covered here? Because we do want to remind people right now that this is a perfect time uh, to be check- taking a look at with regards to where your family's at and what you're spending your money on. Tomorrow, we've got, we're going to call it Cost of Living Real Talk Roundtable. People are writing into us and saying, hey, man, I mean, a guy stopped me yesterday on the street, which I appreciate. I was getting my skates sharpened and I'm walking out. This guy goes, hey, are you planning on doing a show on rising gas prices? I said, I don't blame you. I don't blame you for wanting to talk about that. So tomorrow coming up on Friday's show, that'll be June 10th, a real talk roundtable on cost of living. So we're, you know, coming up with tips on how to sort of shave the budget down maybe take a look at what some families are doing that might not be a move in the right direction. You know, a new survey for Food Banks of Canada is showing that people are actually, families are eating less because cost of living is higher. That's, that's not a good thing necessarily, right? So we're going to have this conversation. What's something you can do tangibly right now? Why not take a look at what you're paying on your utilities? It's a huge bill every month. We know that. Park Power knows that. If you go compare rates, rates right now, electricity, natural gas, and internet, you could find, like with five, ten minutes, poking around on the site and signing up, you could save yourself literally hundreds of dollars a month, right? You bundle the services plus your first month with Park Power is going to be $70 off when you sign up with the promo code 2022-REALTALK at parkpower.ca. So you've signed up with Park Power and you're going, well, I want to do more. I want to see if I can keep more money in my pocket. Well, Kubi Energy's working with Park Power, which is super cool. Now, there's some cost up front, obviously, to investing in solar. Uh, maybe you're renovating a house right now, refurbishing something. Maybe you're moving into a new build, and now's the time to get those panels installed by the team that does the cleanest job in Western Canada. You can get your free quote today at kubienergy.ca. And then don't forget, when your system is powering more back than you need, you can sell that energy back to Park Power for more than the big guys will pay you. You don't have to believe me. I mean, the... Numbers are right there for you to view. You can check it out online and ask their teams what we're talking about. You make sure you let them know that Real Talk sent you. Our friends at Friesen Brothers always have events going on in the communities they're in. It's because they've always been about community. 16 different locations across the province of Alberta, including a stunningly beautiful store, the Rabbit Hill location in South Edmonton. We encourage you to check out Friesen Brothers. When you're getting ready to heat up the grill, their real butchers want to be able to highlight to you some of the most amazing cuts you're going to see. Real Alberta beef, pork, turkey, chicken, and of course, plant-based options as well. It's one of the reasons more and more people are trusting Friesen Brothers, Alberta grown and Alberta owned. Well, the Father's Day weekend obviously is is coming up quick, right? In a couple of weeks, pretty much. Just over a couple of weeks, people will be recognizing their dads or the people that have played a role of, of leadership, of companionship, of guidance, just loving them in their lives. We find oftentimes, though, when we talk about men's mental health, the conversations maybe are a little too quick or they don't land where they need to go. Some members of parliament in Ottawa are doing what they can to prompt those important conversations and we're excited to welcome two of them to the show matt genero you've heard him here on this show before a conservative member of parliament representing edmonton riverbend he's a shadow minister of housing and diversity and inclusion he's also a former mla a provincial politician in edmonton as a matter of fact the youngest 
government provincial politician prior to May 2015. That's kind of a cool bragging right right there. Gord Johns is the member of parliament NDP MP for Courtney Alberni, born and raised on beautiful Vancouver Island. He's lived in his riding for more than 25 years, raising his family out there. Currently the NDP critic for mental health and harm reduction, procurement and the public service. Also the deputy critic for fisheries and oceans and the Canadian Coast Guard. These two have their plates full. I want to thank both of you for making the time to join us this morning. It's Men's Mental Health Month. We could take this conversation in a million different directions. Matt, why did this connect with you in particular? What what sort of prompted you to get involved in the way that you are? Yeah, thanks, Ryan. It's uh, great to be back on uh, on your show. Um, you know, it's, it's it's something that have been. I was elected. It's ten years ago uh, now. You're reminding me of my my MLA days, and it was something back then that you know I I had uh, uh, two little girls at, uh, at a young age and felt a lot of the anxiety and and depression and the, the mental health struggles as a as a young dad, uh, as lots of young dads often do right now. And trying to, to to battle through that, but recognizing there really wasn't a lot of resources, let alone people that uh, my own friends I, I could talk to. It was a, a stigma around men's mental health where a lot of people just said, you know, tough it up, uh, you know, get over it. And thought, you know what, this, this is a conversation that, uh, that needs to be having, needs to be had at, at the highest levels. And ultimately, I wasn't elected at the time, but uh, since, uh, since being elected, have, have really tried to push this, uh, this issue to, uh, to, to the mainstream more and more. And I've had, had awesome friends like uh, MP Gore Johns, uh, who's, uh, who's here with us. We have an, another liberal, um, uh, Majid Johari, who unfortunately couldn't be with us today. But uh, finding them in, in Parliament has really helped us uh, to, to be able to expand that conversation to, to more, uh, more, more ways than, uh, than we ever thought, I think, when we started this five years ago. Let me mention, by the way, that Majid Jahari's team uh, let us know that he wanted to be with us as part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Of course, the invitation was extended. I think it's cool. Uh, that this is a is a nonpartisan effort here. Oftentimes we see the sabers come out on Parliament Hill, don't we, Gord? And uh, and that's yeah. part of the job. It comes with the territory, right? The government governs, the opposition opposes. Uh, but this is kind of a cool setup. And it's interesting to hear Matt refer to you as his, his good friend. I think most people think, well, NDP versus conservative MPs, these guys must be slashing each other's tires in the parking lot. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I just can't say enough about uh, about these guys, especially Maddie. He's really kicked this conversation off in Ottawa. He's just been a, a you know a real strength for for men and mental health. And you know, it's it's exactly what Matt's talking about. Like we don't talk enough as men, and and it's kind of seen as a, a sign of weakness when when you're struggling. And so making sure that we're we're showing that it's actually a it's strength when we talk about men's mental health when men are having a difficult time and so matt and and uh majid and i you know we all have our own stories and we share those stories and and without hesitation and we're showing what strength looks like when it comes to men working together we want to save lives we know that you know 75 percent of suicide for example uh death by suicide is men and we need to stop that and and we can uh, by you know encouraging men to talk when they have issues to change their patterns their habits uh, more healthy ways to work 
forward and to make sure they're they're seeking help and having conversations. So, you know, we're just working collectively on on ways that we can support men and uh, again just really value the friendship of both these guys and we put the partisan politics aside because we have to because this is an issue that requires all of us working collectively and together. Well, and quite frankly, I think that's what people want to see too, right? Like it's pretty cool to just get a bunch of MPs together that are you know organizing under different banners or flying different flags and and taking an issue that's imperative. You know, we we know that the mental health statistics are unignorable or should be one in five people, you know, in other words, you know, one person guaranteed in your inner circle of friends, put it that way, is is going to encounter a mental health struggle. We know that rates of suicide are disproportionately higher, in particular with young men. Um, so when we talk about action, when we talk about where we want to focus these conversations, Matt, is there something in particular this month that, that you're really taking on that, for example, when you're when you're shaking hands with people or meeting in person or having a coffee or a beer with somebody, is there something specific that you're focusing on for this men's mental health month? Yeah, you know, it's it's simply saying saying hi, right? It's it's reaching out to the to the men in your life. It's the whether it's your, your dad. We focus on Father's Day because it's uh, it's a male dominated uh, holiday, I guess if, if you if you call it that. But it's 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 all men in your life, and they, you know, you, you talk about some of the statistics, uh, Ryan. Like there's it's since the pandemic, the Movember did a, a study that's found one in three men have have gone through a, a, a mental health you know challenge, whether it's saying anxiety or depression and all of that like that's that's the 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 buddy you play hockey with that's the 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 friend that you go for a, a beer with uh, you know asking him you know just, hey how you doing and you know the the it's remarkable how many of those conversations turn turn into well there's resources for that or there's there's a place you can go for that as uh, as members of parliament you know we have tremendous access to 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 different uh, resources all around the the country uh, so being able to to connect with those is, you know, men, the, the Mental Health Commission of Canada is one of our huge sponsors for, for this event. And they 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 make it known that uh, it's it's important just to just to have those conversations to to say, you know, hey, you having a bad day. Like, let's chat about it. And that's uh, that's really the you know, the the, the focus of, of our event. And, and this is year five and we've been doing it and it's uh, it's it just keeps growing and it's just uh, it's awesome to see. I'm uh, grateful to see Dr. Bradley Martin. He's watching us this morning live. He's chiming in on our YouTube. He's a physician. He's been on the show before, as a matter of fact, lives in beautiful Hinton, Alberta, the gateway to the Rocky Mountains, the gateway to Jasper National Park. And he says, in my practice, uh, I've been seeing more men come forward and talk. He says, but you're right. We have a long ways to go Uh, for for whatever reason, Gord. I mean, it's you know, you, you can't just sit here and say all the men in Canada are like this or behave like this. You can't talk about whatever it is. 20 or 25 million people and say they're all this way but dudes kind of do tend to isolate right we bottle things up keep them to ourselves you, you you feel like you almost have to offer disclaimers or caveats if you're going to be open or honest with your friends you say let me be serious for a second or but actually or or, or you get tears in your eyes. i'm just describing myself is what i'm doing uh but you get tears in your eyes you're talking about something and then you, you kind of laugh it off or joke it off or you try to cut the tension a little bit right like we're, we're wired in a way that i think maybe could use some reconfiguring and Maybe it's initiatives like this that are going to help somebody have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, I think it starts with ourselves. Like, I mean, opening up to one of your friends always gives them a chance to be able to open themselves up to you. You're, you're showing them your vulnerability and that it's it's okay to have these conversations. And, um, you know, I, I lost a, a really beautiful young man in our life 
uh, our family's uh, life uh, a year ago. And so it's really close to home and just encouraging people to have conversations, to get help. Uh, I know that uh, we, we're, Matt, uh, Majid and I are also putting pressure on government to do important things to ensure that we've got a three-digit number for men to call and, and all people to call when they're dealing with mental health to ensure that the federal government rolls out more funding for mental health and uh, ensuring that we implement a suicide prevention strategy that we all supported unanimously a few years back. So there's important steps that we can take, but you know, coming out of COVID, we know that uh, it's worse now than ever, uh, the, the mental health uh, challenges people are facing. So reach out to people in your life. This Father's Day is a reminder, you know, if you haven't heard from someone in your life, especially a man uh, that might be isolating, might be beating himself up, you know, let them know that everything's going to, you know, be okay and that, uh, uh, that they need to be kind to themselves because people forget to do that. I think that's really important that we, we need to be good to ourselves no matter what we're go- dealing with in our lives and, and, um, and be gentle. I love that. Uh, we've had uh, well, I mean, people that watch this show know I'll just talk about it. We've had, we've had a kind of a tough, really tough couple of months on the show, a tough few months and involved members of our team, people we care about, and there have been mental health impacts. And one of the, the best pieces of advice um, that I've heard from people that care that are invested um, so you got to be gentle with yourself. And that was something I had to kind of wrap my mind around to understand what that means. That might mean different things to different people, uh, but it's powerful. When you said that, it kind of resonated with me because I've heard it recently, Gord. Um, we're, we keep showing this for people that are watching on YouTube. You'll be seeing the website fathersdayonthehill.ca. I want to mention it for our podcast subscribers. You can learn more about the event and, and what Matt, Matt Jenneru and Gord Johns and, and Majid Johari are, are working on in partnership with the Mental Health Commission of Canada. The statistic, Matt, uh, right at, like right across the main page, right when you land at fathersdayonthehill.ca is very encouraging. 82%, let's call it four to five, of all Canadian men consider mental health a priority which is a real positive four out of five, right? It's, it's not something where we're sounding the alarm and having to remind people it needs to be a priority. Maybe we just need to better understand or explain how we can prioritize it. Yeah. You know, and I feel like it's it, it becoming more and more of a priority as, uh, as years go on. It certainly, you know, you look at, at my, my dad's age uh, generation, my grandparents generation, this wasn't something that you talked about at all. So now being, being able to, to, to use, you know, the, the platform as, uh, as elected officials, but, you know, we, we have a, a great event where we have um, Brian Balmer, he's um, a HGTV star who's going to come and, and also speak about his own uh, mental health journey. Those sorts of, of conversations weren't happening, you know, I'd say even 10 years ago when, uh, when first got, got into to politics, it was, it was difficult to, to, share your story with with people now i feel there's more people that are starting to connect with with mental health with being this conversation has shifted i i've seen in in those 10 years so much so that uh, that now it's you know, the call to action of you know reach out to to your dad your your grandpa your uncle your 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 best friend you know somebody in your life that uh, you know as Gord says maybe you haven't heard heard from you know we're not we're not the experts Gord and I we we just use the, the the platform we have to to be able to to push this this message out to to more and more people because 
ultimately, you know, if we if we're able to through through our event and and taking down that that stigma that exists with with men right now and being able to talk about their feelings, it's uh, if we save you know one life, uh, uh, two lives, it's it's all absolutely uh, worth it at the end of the day. So you know, it's uh, we're we're excited. It's it's year five that we're doing this, but uh, it's been just uh, an awesome uh, awesome journey to see the growth of uh, not just the the event, but uh, the the conversation uh, across uh, across the country. You mentioned Brian Baumler, and he's uh, he's one of the very few Real Talk guests, as a matter of fact, that have joined us in studio. There's like there's a handful. Uh, we had him in here a, a few months ago, I guess, and just the guy's uh, just a really remarkable fella, and people can check out the role that he's playing in this and supporting this. Again, fathersdayonthehill.ca, a letter to new fathers. It's the video you can check out, and you'll see Brian on there along with you know, Peter Mansbridge and George LaRock and Matthew Barnaby and uh, the, the elected officials we've mentioned. A lot of guys that, you know, carry some clout in the country and, and whose voices will, you know, capture the attention of people that maybe need to hear it. There's also a really neat element on the website. It's a postcard to dad and you can go in and fill it out and it'll send an email to, to whoever that person is in your life, the father figure in your life, which I think is a great resource. Uh, before we go, Gord, I want to ask you, and, and I'll give both of you a chance to wrap if there's, I don't want to leave something on the table. I don't want to miss an important point. But when we talk about the politics of it, you know, Gord has mentioned you're, you're the NDP's critic for mental health and harm reduction, and, and you briefly touched on suicide prevention strategies. Um, on the political side, for, for, for the watchers in the audience here that pay attention to what happens and bills and how they pass and what gets through the Senate and all that kind of stuff. Um, what's something happening, either behind the scenes or otherwise? What's work that's being done on the political side? Maybe I'll get both of you to touch on this. Gord, you first, uh, that you think might qualify as, as something that could be effective. Yeah, so I'll talk a bit about some of the cross-partisan work. Like uh, one of Matt, Matt's good friends and colleagues uh, from Prince George, a conservative member, put forward a, a really important motion for a three-digit you know, suicide prevention line, uh, that hasn't been implemented. We're going to be keeping pressure on government to implement that. The, the Liberals promised four and a half billion over five years for mental health. We haven't seen the rollout of that. We want to see that happen. My colleague from uh, Timmins, uh, J- James Bay, uh, put forward a national suicide prevention strategy motion that we all supported unanimously three years ago. We want to see that implemented. And I put forward a bill that was defeated last week around substance use and, and a strategy around that. Maybe the bill didn't pass, but we're going to continue working together to make sure that we provide supports for people that you know end up using substances and and end up with substance use disorder so working collectively that's how we're going to do it and we have to work harder and we're gonna have to do more and uh, father's day is a reminder of the important people in our lives that we need to make sure that we don't lose any of them let me ask you this gord like just you you say you know we put this forward and it didn't pass we put that forward and it didn't pass and people are going to go what the hell right uh, I mean, Matt, like, you know, uh, you know, we think of Constable David Wynn, the RC. I'm not I'm not trying to take stories that maybe don't have a lot to do with each other and create a common theme. But let me just say uh, when when Constable David Wynn was shot, the RCMP officer outside the Apex Casino in St. Albert and the conservatives uh, came up with uh, legislation that would probably, quite frankly, just make the country a little bit more safe. It would put more information in front of judges for bail hearings, things like that. But it wasn't a liberal bill. It wasn't a government bill. It didn't pass. 
And then so the average civilian sits there and thinks, well, how the hell do you not pass something like this? It's pretty obvious we need something like this. And then I, I would talk to liberal MPs or ministers at the time, and they would say, yeah, it's not it's not that the legislation's not important. It's just that, you know, our our government views maybe doing it differently. We might circle back, do it in our own way. Everybody kind of, I don't want to say wants the credit, but the government wants to flex its government muscle. Gord, this is kind of just the way it works, right? So, so how do you explain this to the average civilian that says, well, it sounds to me like we want to get these bills passed. So what the hell is the government doing? Why aren't these things passing? How do you explain it to your constituents or to Canadians that will hear this interview? Yeah, I mean, it's frustrating. Uh, I think we we pass motions sometimes in the House of Commons. We all agree. And then the government takes their time. So we have to keep pressure on them to implement them. Sometimes, you know, you might have a bill that you put forward to Parliament, Parliament, like my bill around substance use, where the bill didn't get passed, but the conversation started finally at the highest level and everybody's engaged now. And sometimes that's uh, that's what it takes. Sometimes, you know, parliamentarians and politicians aren't there yet and we need to get them there. And so it starts with a bill, maybe it is defeated, but we have to work harder and continue to keep the conversation going and make sure it's front and center. And I think that I was able to achieve that last week with my bill on substance use and we're gonna continue to do that, but we need to work together and we need to enforce these conversations. Uh, otherwise, there is no conversation and politicians aren't engaged and they're, they're not learning from the experts and we need to make sure that they're doing that. And we need to work, like I said, collectively and making sure that we're having these conversations and that people who are isolated at home alone, especially, we need to focus on them, especially right now as we're heading into, you know, Father's Day and men's mental health. And that's something that I hope that everybody will do because it, it's it's not just politicians. It takes each and every one of us to get involved in this uh, movement, if you want to call it, uh, and making sure that maybe someone's irritable, maybe they're angry, maybe they're dealing with physical pain and you haven't heard from them for a while, but they might need help. They may need your help. They might need your phone call, something uplifting. And I think we all play a part and it's really important to, 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 to get involved, not just politically, but also with the people that you have in your life that are important to you. I guarantee this conversation is going to prompt somebody to reach out to somebody that needs it. I just guarantee it. I mean, I just think if this whole, you know, this interview, if this entire conversation reaches the one person, lands with the one person that it needs to, I mean, it could literally save a life um i both of you got to go and and we've got to move on as well but matt i don't want to just leave you hanging there so why don't you wrap this up for us we'll give you a last word yeah you know what gord said uh you know he's a he's a good buddy and we've been able to do uh do this together you know the i've learned in, in 10 years of politics when when trying to pass legislation you could go it alone and you know it's an uphill battle or you can get uh, get other uh, other parties involved uh, other, other MPs who have you have like-minded views and you know men, men's mental health is is just that thing it's something that we Gord Majid and I all resonate with we become friends we I don't know if we knew each other that well throughout it but now suddenly we become uh, good friends uh, in uh, in parliament and you know high five every chance we get because it because it is that important and you know be able to break down the the political barriers that, that exist in parliament and be able to really focus on an issue like this in uh, in, a, in a time when when men need it uh, most is, uh, is something that you know I I, I, I pride and, and I'll forever be, uh, be buddies with these guys uh, because of that. And uh, hopefully we're able to, to save, you know, if it's one, one, two, however many lives, it'll, it'll make a difference uh, in the world. Great stuff, fellas. That's uh, Conservative MP Matt Genereau out of Alberta, uh, NDP MP Gord Johns out of beautiful BC, Vancouver Island. Thanks for making time for us, both of you, and thanks for your advocacy. 
Thanks, Ryan. You Thanks so Let's much. You, yeah, you got it, boys. Uh, Fathersdayonthehill.ca. Uh, you can check this out. It's a hashtag to Hi Dad. The Hi Dad postcard, uh, whether it's a text, a phone call, what have you, small gestures go a long way in letting somebody know that you're there for them. Fathersdayonthehill.ca is where you can find those resources. And, of course, hey, Father's Day is really tough for some people. Father's Day is really shitty. Uh, you know, your father, your dad might be part of the reason for your mental health struggles. Let's throw that out there. Some people don't have dad around and it's an impossibly difficult day for them. Father's Day might be really tough for somebody that could use somebody else reaching out. And they could use, so was, however this lands with you, however this becomes relevant to you, uh, we encourage you to act on it and, and maybe tell us about it. You can send us an email anytime to talk at ryanjesperson.com. I love this from Chad. There's been so much good conversation happening on our live chat, and I've been trying to keep an eye on it and still be present with what the two MPs are saying. But, you know, Chad says, there's no crying in baseball. He says, it's my favorite movie quote that highlights the way that men have historically been expected to not show any emotion or weakness. Uh, Meantime, Tracy says, I'm encouraged by today's grade 12 students. Young men and women hosted several mental health-based activities in my daughter's high school Peer-to-peer support groups have been really popular. That's great to hear. Kathy says, when you're forced to push down your emotions, other than anger, it's going to explode at some point. That really needs to change. Jillian, with an interesting, I've never seen, I don't think I've ever seen anyone put it this way. She says, suicide is male violence directed at themselves. If you tackle the issues behind male violence, you'll reduce violence against women, children, and male suicide. Amber, one Amber's been on our show before talking about mental health. It's great to see her name in the live chat. She says it's great. Amber Cannon, if you want to search our archives, she says it's great to talk about mental health. But what is the government doing to expand mental health services in Canada? Amber, you know, I wasn't going to have an interview with parliamentarians and not ask them about that. Right now, we need the liberal MP in there. That's the government MP. That's the one we need in the conversation. Majid did try to make it happen. Um Erica says it's just wild how voters of opposing political parties oftentimes hate each other more than the actual elected officials who are often very good friends outside the job. Erica says political theater is not real hate. That is a bang on comment. Tony says my dad growing up was a hard ass Italian immigrant, Uh, you know, worked hard all of his life and we feared his wrath. And as he got older and he retired, he became such a softy and he's been gone now 13 years and I miss him Uh, from Tony. Do you and your pals, can I get personal with you for a second? How do you how do you do? You and I had we won't get into it, but you and I, when you first came on, we went for a lunch. We Mm -hmm. didn't we didn't actually eat anything, but we We dive deep. Yeah, Yeah. we got into it. We talked about like family and struggles and mental health and vulnerability. And I I've known you. I knew I knew you for 10 years before that, Mm -hmm. but we had never had that conversation. And yeah, I'd be honest. I mean, I felt closer. I, I feel closer to you. Same. After having that conversation. And we talked a lot about uh, guys who don't want to get help and how, you know, I'm talking to someone, you're talking to someone now, yeah. we need to talk to each other. But I think yesterday, seeing your dad in here and just seeing the love and respect you guys had for each other, huh. it is a little sad for me. You know, my dad passed away when I was younger, Yeah, wasn't the greatest guy, had his vices, gambling, drinking. Mm. I was talking about this with my wife yesterday, actually, because her dad is still alive, but not the greatest guy either. They're not very close. We were just talking mm. about how Father's Day can be a mental health drain totally people and it's a big day i'm glad you had the mps on today to uh reach out to someone whether you're a man a woman whoever uh because there are great dads out there like we saw your dad in here yesterday there's a lot of deadbeat dads too and a lot of dads who have contributed to the detriment of 
you know, their children's mental health. So a yeah. big day to think about that for everyone. Nah, well said, man. And I appreciate that. And, and the stigma has gone for talking to people too, isn't it? Like I've got my, I've got my appointment today at noon every thursday at noon yeah i talked to her and and uh this is i don't know what it'll be our fifth or sixth session and i just i've never done that before i said i, I said I, I i saw a counselor when i was like 20 mm-hmm. uh with a friend i was in a really bad rollover accident like we were lucky to survive and um and i was having nightmares for a long time and so i talked to a counselor that was sort of helping me with that but other than that which was an isolated scenario mm-hmm. Um, and I sort of, you know, that was like a, a period of time in my life. There was no like regular check-in. Yeah. Uh, there was no sort of regular accountability. Like, what are you doing for your own mental health? How are you feeling about this? Have you talked to somebody about this? How are you processing this? Why do you think this is impacting you in this way? What does that indicate about this? I mean, you just, yeah. can, it, it, to have somebody that can kind of guide you through that exercise as opposed to just sitting in, in, in your own thoughts and having 100%. this, this fireworks show go off between your ears. It you know? helps so much. And it, for men and women too but like you're saying especially men like we feel like we should just kind of you know bear down you know if you like uh like the mp was saying you know when he he had a child young and and people were just saying well that that's what happens just grit your teeth and jump in there but i mean just talking you think you're gonna go to the therapist and they're gonna like get inside your head a lot of it's just chatting. Yeah. Just, and you find out these little things dribble out. You're waiting slowly, for this moment. And you're like, oh, that's like means the Hollywood moment, you know? but it yeah. doesn't happen. But... It doesn't. It's 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 a game of inches, right? So Yeah. Very well said. Huh. I appreciate yeah, like Sharon here says, Yeah, Father's Day has always been a stressful day for me. I get that. I totally get that. And uh I just Sharon says I always celebrated my mom on Father's Day. Absolutely. You know, my sister, Same. my I sister and her partner, they have, you know, they, 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 they observe parents days, right? It's, you don't have to, you do what's right for your family. You do what's right for you. And, and with the support and love of people that care about you, which includes this show. And, uh, we're not just saying that as some sort of platitude. We mean it. We love hearing from you. You know, the video I'm going to ask you to tee up. Can you tee up that video for me in I just sure a second, do. John? I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking to Kelsey Snow. She's joining us next. But first, of course, I want to remind you that this show, these conversations don't happen without the amazing sponsors that make sure that real talk is able to continue to host conversations and move the needle we think on issues that matter to canadians we're talking about isolation infinity healthcare literally addresses this exact challenge Uh, for a lot of their clients a lot of their customers that are looking for reliable trustworthy intuitive perfectly matched home care For their loved ones that oftentimes might be in a town or a village, a hamlet away from the big city where you're living, right? They don't want to move. Dad doesn't want to move. Mom doesn't want to leave the place she's been for 60 years. It's familiar. Maybe there's some neurodegenerative stuff going on. Maybe there's early stage dementia and you want to make sure that your loved one who's living on their own right now is getting their meds, is eating the proper food. Is the place clean? Is the litter box being emptied? I mean, these are everyday things that healthcare providers at Infinity Healthcare are doing across the province. You can learn more about what they do. Find out how their personality matching service works by giving them a call at 780-809-7884 or check them out online at infinity-8.ca. Eden Landscaping, you know, I've been telling you about Mike and the team. They've been bringing outdoor spaces to life for more than 20 years. And over those two decades or so, trends have changed. People expect more now when you build your dream home or you're getting the family out into that new neighborhood and you look at what comes included in the landscaping, bum, 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 bum. just the boring sod, that one sad little tree. Why not bring it to life with the guidance, the creative 
sort of juices that fuel the team at Eden Landscaping. You can find out about their services, contact them, get a quote at landscapeedmonton.ca. And if your June or even your July involves a trip out of town, if you're going to be flying out of Edmonton's International Airport, we recommend you leave your car at Jet Set Parking. The promo code REALTALK at jetsetparking.com allows you to book your airport parking for $7 a day. That's obscene. Less than $50 for a week at the airport. The shuttle takes you right to the departure gate. The shuttle brings you right back to your vehicle. Once you land, it is stress-free, easy to use. You can book your travel all the way through till the end of 2022, right until the end of the year. Today at jetsetparking.com, you make sure that you use that promo code REALTALK. In just a second, Kelsey Snow joins us. Uh, she's worked as a journalist across the United States, some of the biggest newspapers, Boston Globe, LA Times. We're going to get into that. Her husband, a high-profile executive assistant general manager of the Calgary Flames. But it's the way that Kelsey wears her heart on her sleeve through her podcast, Sorry, I'm Sad, that has so many people talking. We wanted to introduce you to their family before we get real live. Take a look at this. Hi, my name's Cohen. And I'm Willa. And we have a favor to ask you, for us and our dad. Remember when everyone was doing this? The Ice Bucket Challenge raised over $200 million for amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, a devastating disease that affects the nerves and muscles we use to walk, talk, eat, and breathe. You probably know it as ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. Some of that money boosted research that identified genetic causes of ALS, led to the development of experimental new therapies, and helped our dad Chris Snow live to his 40th birthday and throw the first pitch at a Red Sox game. Even though he's right-handed, ALS forced him to throw his pitch 60 feet 6 inches with his left. So while progress is being made, the battle is just beginning. It's time to start a new challenge, and we need your help. Go do something you love, but with your other hand. Or other foot. Throw that fastball. Take that jumper. Get creative, but do it with your weak side. Take a video or a picture. Post it. Then challenge a friend to do the same. And donate to ALS Research through WeakSideStrong.org. Embrace your weak side so that others can be strong. couple of pretty incredible young people there and i know that our next guest is immensely proud of them when her husband was diagnosed with als and given six to 12 months to live kelsey snow avoided other people's sad stories as a rule but as time wore on she's actually found herself seeking out those sad stories she's a former sports reporter as mentioned for the saint paul pioneer press the boston globe the la times and she's now the force behind the sorry i'm sad podcast kelsey snow welcome to real talk thanks for having me ryan this is uh just super powerful stuff and uh our family has been impacted by als uh but at an advanced stage my wife's uh maternal grandma uh, had a, a battle with als that resonated and continues to with the family for a long time your family's story um somewhat remarkable and 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 heartbreaking in its own way because your husband is so young uh chris so young uh, when did you first know that, that ALS was, was going to impact your family? What was the very first moment where Chris and you started to wonder if that might be it? Yeah. I mean, pretty early on, he had, um, some issues with his, uh, 
two of his fingers on his right hand. And, you know, you mentioned ALS in your family. It sounds like it was sporadic, right? Which means there's no family history, Mm. um, in our family and Chris's family, that's different. It's genetic. Only 10 to 15% of ALS is genetic. Um, but that's what we're dealing with in our family. Uh, not even a year before Chris started to have that weakness in his fingers, his dad died of ALS. He's also lost two uncles and a 28 year old cousin to the disease. So we knew what we were looking for. And that meant that Chris was diagnosed pretty quickly. Um, ALS is a process of elimination diagnosis. On average, it takes um, a year or more to be diagnosed, but Chris was diagnosed in just a few months. When the diagnosis, when there's that moment, and you talk about it in your podcast, you talk about it, it's really powerful. I mean, you're, you're incredible with your words and you talk about this white room and you're like, there's nothing on the walls, right? And it was, you don't even remember the lab tech's name uh, that sort of had, had provided some information to you. There was just, I would imagine there's just this moment where you feel like you've been hit by a truck a little bit. Yeah, I think I grabbed a trash can if I was going to throw up. Um, You know, I think we kind of knew in our heads what we were probably dealing with, but there's always the hope. We know we had kind of been chasing for this period that he was having this sort of intermittent uh, weakness, uh, numbness in his fingers, the hope that maybe he had a pinched ulnar nerve from all his typing and things like that, but um, leaning on his elbows when he typed and things. But yeah, I mean, the guy said, I think we're probably dealing with some form of motor neuron disease. And I, you know, was like, uh, we know what kind of, (laughs) we know what we're dealing with here at this point. Um, he was, he was just, uh, administering a a test that is when they, it's called an EMG. They stick needles in your muscles to gauge how your nerves are interacting with them. It's a horrible test. Um, and so he was kind of just giving us a preliminary diagnosis. And then a week later, Chris was actually diagnosed by a neurologist in Miami. I, 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 I try to walk a mile in your shoes. Um, you know, if my, my, the love of my life, if my soulmate was diagnosed with something, whatever, and given six months or 12 months to live. And by the way, we'll talk about Chris and we've pulled some video of him, like mowing the lawn and things like, like, he's just, I just, there's something about this guy. I'm like, this guy is just <laughs> refusing to accept, not refusing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's not yes, going to yes. let it bring him down is what I'm saying. But I try to walk miles in your shoes and I think at that diagnosis and not even just the diagnosis, but after in the months after and watching this disease take hold and seeing your husband lose the expression in his face, watching him feed himself by a tube, I would I would grieve, I would weep, I would feel sorrow and I would probably, if I'm being honest, feel a ton of anger. I think probably, even though I have run my mouth since I was four years old, I think I'd probably clam up. You decided to do the opposite I mean, you're putting it all out there and you're actually seeking out stories on and it's not just ALS. I mean, you know, people that have dealt with infertility or miscarriage or a stroke at a young age or, or medical assistance in dying, a family members elected. I mean, you are having tough conversations and you show up with your story every time, too. When did you decide that's how you wanted to handle this and why did you decide that? Yeah. So right away, we knew that we would have a different platform for talking about ALS and getting people to listen to us just because of Chris's job, um, being a little bit, um, higher profile working for the flames. And, you know, we knew that the sports community and the hockey community would want to support us. And we just knew that we wanted to do something. We hadn't really done anything, 
um, as far as advocacy goes, when we had lost his dad, his uncles and his cousin. Um, and this was our chance to show people that this disease impacts, you know, not just old men, uh, it impacts young families, it impacts women, it impacts everybody and the ripple effect is huge. And so right away we knew we wanted to tell, um, tell our story via me writing. Um, I had already kind of started a blog, but I hadn't really been posting a lot. And so I decided just to start talking about what we were dealing with. And, and honestly, it was pretty cathartic for me to write about it. Um, I write most often when I'm sad. So you'll see a lot of posts happening. If I'm writing a lot, you know, I'm very sad. <laughs> um, and if I'm not writing a lot, hopefully that means I'm doing okay. And I've tried to kind of reconcile that too and not force these things, but I did sort of run away from other people's stories because I didn't want to have to think about the worst case scenario. Uh, and then there was a point, I think probably, you know, I always describe my sadness as this sort of panicky feeling, um, at the beginning, something that you feel like you can maybe get away from that you might outrun still that there's maybe some chance that you don't have to actually deal with this. And, um, once that transitioned into a sadness, sort of born of acceptance, it quieted down. And at that point, I really wanted to understand, um, how other people dealt with unimaginable things, things that you think, oh, I, you hear somebody else's story and you think, oh, I can't, I can't imagine. Well, you, I needed to imagine. Hmm. Um, and so when I started to have those conversations, I started to get a lot of responses to my blog posts uh, from people saying, this is my sad story. Um, and when, you know, your, your words are sort of, I had somebody write to me and say they printed off a blog post and took it to their therapist. Like, this is how I feel. I just haven't been able to say it yet. And so I thought we need more spaces to talk about these things. I'm certainly not the only person to have a podcast that is like this, but I do think when you can come from a place where you understand, um, sort of this feeling of being in that white room with, you know, no, nothing on the walls and feeling like you're going to throw up, like your world has just, the bottom has dropped out. You can have these conversations in a different way. You connect with people who have gone through hard things in a different way. Um, and so, so I decided to start the podcast with the idea that I would share our story in hopes that other people would be willing to join me and share their stories. Um, and a lot of people say to me, like, don't you get pulled under? Like, isn't it too sad? Um, and I, and Chris jokes too. Chris is like, Oh, I don't want, I don't really like to listen to Kelsey's podcast. Like, sorry, I don't want to be sad. <laughs> he always says, and I find that the opposite, like if I can sit in those things, I find it hopeful. I find it, mm. um, you know, I find it buoys me to know that people have gone through really hard things and they have found a way to still see joy and beauty in the world. Uh, so I come out of those conversations, even if they're hard, I come out of them feeling better. It's remarkable. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about the the emotional lifting, like the sort of the sort of the heavy lifting that you do in hosting this. I was trying to I was and, and we're taking a look through and I, I wanted to listen to several episodes in their entirety before I talked to you. And I was even looking at the schedule of when you post. And it's interesting to, to hear you say that you write or you create more when you're sad because you, you do post. People can check it out. Sorry, I'm sad dot com. Um, and let me encourage people to subscribe to your podcast, wherever they get their podcast, to rate it, to review it, to share it, to make sure that it gets out and, and as many people see it and hear it as possible. But you post on a relatively regular basis, like sometimes once a week, sometimes a couple of times a, a week. Uh, I would imagine that that there is a toll that that must take. Right. I mean, you, you could ask the same thing. Maybe it's a strange comparison, but I, I think of people that work like in palliative care or people that work as funeral directors or people mm -hmm. that work like whatever, where every single day they're helping other people navigate something big. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I, I try to, I do the podcast unless like Chris ends up in the hospital in Toronto and I have to go there or whatever. I try really hard to do, um, every other week on mm-hmm. the podcast uh, during ALS awareness month in the U S which was in May it's n- June in Canada. Um, I did an episode every week because I did one with one of my very good friends whose husband also has ALS. And then I did one with a former NFL player, Steve Gleason. So I sort of did my regular episodes and then I did some ALS episodes as well. It's really important for me to talk about what this disease looks like in all different parts of life. And so tried to take advantage of that, but yeah, it does. It can, it can be a lot of work, I guess. I, it's the preparation. I think that's the hardest because I do all the preparation myself. I do. Well, I do all the podcasts myself. I do the recording, the editing. I find the guests. I, you know, prepare the conversation flow. I don't like to really call it an interview because I just want to talk to people. Um, and that part is hard to kind of like, you really have to immerse yourself in what this person went through Mm. actually having the conversation. Um, I always, you know, I feel a lot of, um, there's a lot of weight behind asking somebody to share with you this hardest part of their life. And I feel a great amount of responsibility to handle that, uh, carefully. And so, you know, I think there's a element of anxiety in getting ready for the interviews just because I want to make sure that people feel, um, you know, feel like they were respected and feel like their grief was um, handled carefully. And that it was honored, right? Yes. I, I um, yeah, I can think of, I, I'm thinking of, um, I'll say, Sherry Arsenault has become a friend of mine. She's, I don't know if the name will resonate with people, but, um, you know, her son was with his best pals, um, driving sober, doing everything according to the law. They were doing absolutely nothing wrong. They were rear-ended. Can you wrap your mind around, Kelsey, you're a mom, 18 Mm. years old. They're rear-ended by a truck traveling at 200 kilometers an hour, blew up the car. Uh, The boys were all killed instantly, and Sherry has been advocating ever since uh, for tougher drunk driving laws, legislation in Canada, and and this is it has defined her life's work moving forward, and it is the most tragic but also the most honorable-type scenario um, Sherry's one example I could have picked a thousand over the course of a body of interviews, same as you um, as a journalist. But every time, and I know she won't mind me saying this, every time I prepare to talk to her, I just, I take a second to just try to go to a space where I remember that if I was doing an interview talking about my son dying a horrific death in a scenario that would demolish any parent, um, you, you, you approach those conversations very differently Right. You know, I mean, you know, when you're in the question asking business, sometimes you just rat a tat tat who, what, when, where, why. And you have to. This is so different, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And I think that um, that's one of the reasons why I try to give as much time. You know, there's all I do. I do not do live podcasting like you. Mm -hmm. It's very brave of you. But we record Mm -hmm. and I and I try to be. You know, there's a lot of conversation right now in the journalist journalism world about trauma-informed um, interviewing and what that looks like. And I think it's a really important thing to say. You know, I always tell people before I talk to them, "Is there anything you don't want me to talk about today?" Um, and if they say no, it's fine. I always say, "Okay." If at any point I ask you a question and it, you don't want to answer it, it's just feeling like it's bringing up too many things. Just say, "I don't. This is not something I want to do." We can move on. I can, you know, edit it out. If after the fact you feel like you said something that you didn't like how it felt when you said it, or it's giving you anxiety, please tell me I'll edit that out. I'm not here for gotcha journalism. You know, I'm here to say like, 
please share your hard thing with me and I promise to honor it. And if that means that we cut things later, then we cut things later. You know, if it means you're not actually ready to have this conversation and we need to reschedule it. Okay. Like this is, I hope this is a service to the people who are coming on the podcast as much as it is for the people who are listening. Um, people who have gone through loss, people who have lost their people want to talk about their people. I know that from doing this podcast and I want to give people the opportunity to, to do that, to share, you know, what this person was like outside of the loss, what, what the love was like, what the relationship was like. Um, and, and so I just try to be, I just try to be really mindful of that. Yeah. And it's a lot of empathy. It's a lot of putting yourself in that situation, taking your time, um, and being curious without being callous. Yeah. Well, and, and you're, and you're meeting them kind of where you are too, which gives mm-hmm. you like a, a real special credibility and creates a circumstance where I know most yes. people are going to feel pretty safe and supported talking to you. Um, I don't know your husband. Well, uh, I, I know what, what sort of like frontward facing, obviously he's a prominent executive in the, in the highest, uh, hockey league in the world as assistant general manager for the Calgary flames. Um, I want to let people know that Chris is, he's not with us today, not because he's not healthy enough or not because he, it's because the flames are preparing for free agency <laughs> and he's got, he's, he's still working his ass off, which is amazing. Yeah. But you, uh, and he, your family, uh, have committed, I guess, in a way to, to sharing some pretty powerful stuff uh, that that I think is like devastating and and almost in a, in a funny way like amusing at the same time I, mm-hmm. I I burst out loud laughing out loud when I saw we want to show this video of your husband feeding himself through a feeding tube I mean yeah. check this out his comment at the end of it um, maybe you can describe for people listening on the on the podcast what they're seeing right here what Chris is doing right yeah, here Kelsey yeah. so swallowing requires muscles and Chris is swallowing muscles of atrophy so a year and a half ago he got a feeding tube and he also doesn't have the use of his right hand. So he's feeding himself via his feeding tube with a syringe with food that I made for him uh, with one hand. And he's he's just like rolling his eyes. They're watching the Blue Jays game and he's watching that talking to my son. Delicious. Listen to this. Amazing. Tastes like nothing. <laughs> tastes like nothing, he says. Uh- I said delicious, <laughs> and he said tastes like nothing. <laughs> yeah, and, and and like at the same time, here's a young man who who like you know is is, is like career wise, family wise, like hitting home runs, um, feeding himself through a tube, and and yeah. like there's a tragedy to that, and and at the same time he's he's joking around. You guys are all laughing. It's uh, it's amazing, and here he is just out mowing the lawn. No big deal. <laughs> like what makes this guy tick? Is it you probably? <laughs> oh, Chris is the most resilient human that I have ever met. So, you know, it's, it's a weird life. Um, he's not supposed to be alive by any measure. And so we try to look at it through that lens. It can be hard to focus on all that you have instead of all that you stand to lose. Um, and some days it's easier to do that than others. Obviously those two little humans there in that picture help us do that, um, every single day. Um, but yeah, like, you know, as long as you can mow the lawn, mow the lawn, because these are the things that you miss when you can't do them. Um, and so, you know, feeding yourself, yeah, it's, it's crappy. It's, it's not, you know, every time we have a meal that Chris loved Cohen, my 10 year old says, I'm so sorry, dad, like, or Chris will be at work and we'll have a meal that he loves. And he'll say, I'm so glad dad's not here. So he doesn't have to see us eat this because he loved this food. And so it's always on our minds, the things that dad has lost, but we also, you know, there's a humor is an important part of the grieving process. Anybody will tell you that. 
Um, you know, you can be crying one minute and then laughing the next. And, and it's something that, um, that we definitely try to try to utilize because you can't always cry. <laughs> yeah. No way. Um, Kelsey Snow's our guest. If you're just tuning in live streaming audio on the Mixler audio app, how do you talk to your kids? How, how, how do you help kids that are old enough to understand, but like maybe not quite, I mean, they're, they're old they're, they're not five, they're not three. Yeah. Um, how do you have those conversations? You're honest. Kids understand more than you think they do. And they're thinking about it more than you think they do. And sometimes you get it wrong, um, but you do your best in the moment to just be real with them. We've told them we're not going to hide things from you. Um, you know, you have a question, please come to us with it. We are the experts here. And if we don't have the answer, then we'll go to the doctors who have the answer, but you, you come to us, you know, Cohen's 10 now, so he can Google <laughs> and we need to be sure that, you know, the information that they're getting is the best information. Um, we have a extra element here in that we have a family history of this disease. They understand that this is, um, something that's in our family. It wasn't long after we first told our kids that Chris had this, that, um, Cohen asked Chris, dad, if you got this from your dad, can I get this from you? Hmm. Um, and this is a question that I get a lot on social media. Um, you know, can your kids, that your kids have a chance of getting this? Well, it's genetic. So yes. Um, and the thing that we told Cohen is, uh, the thing that I say to other people too, I have a great neurologist at Sunnybrook in Toronto that, um, was the neurologist for the first part of the clinical trial. Now we get the clinical trial medicine just two minutes from our house at Foothills here in Calgary, which is amazing. But for the first like nine months, we were going to Toronto once a month for this um, clinical trial that Chris is in. And this neurologist there, Lauren Zinman, we were maybe there the first, first or second time we were there. And he put his hand on my knee and he looked me in the eye and he said, I don't want you to worry about your kids. We're going to, I'm going to start crying. Sorry. Yeah, I'm um, too. We're going to figure this out. We're so close to figuring this out, this familial type of ALS specifically. Sporadic ALS is not as far along in the process as this specific type that Chris has. But um, he said, I don't want you to worry about your kids. And, you know, in the dark of the night, when your eyes are op wide open and you're staring at the ceiling and you're thinking about all the things that are terrify you, um, that's number one. And I think about what he said to me. He's not an ALS doctor is not, uh, in the market to peddle false hope. And so I hold on to that very, very tightly. Um, and so, you know, what we told Cohen that day was, you know, I used to work, we used to worry about that, but these medicines are coming and they're getting so they're so good. And the doctors are so confident and excited about what's to come that we don't, we don't need to worry about that anymore. I want to thank you for sharing that with us. Um, that, that's a huge and heavy thing to process and to continue to process. And we're seeing, I mean, just wait till this podcast drops, but we're already seeing some feedback from people that are so grateful that you've come here today. We've, we've done some, I mean, today we talk about men's mental health and suicide prevention in Canada. We're talking about ALS and young people encountering big challenges. And like, you don't call a show real talk and then spend like, no, no offense to your husband's profession. I could talk hockey all day long. Don't get me wrong. But every once in a while, it feels pretty good uh, to 
talk about something that really, really matters and something that we know that people can relate to. And it might not be like I said, and people can check out the website, right? Sorry, I'm sad.com. Like it's, it's not an ALS podcast. It's a, it's a podcast where, where that is the context. Um, but you've had so many, I mean, people that have experienced uh, stillbirth. And I mean, I, I'm just off the top of my head. There are so many different conversations you've had that are so incredibly important. So you, you've done this, you've applied your storytelling talent and experience to that as a journalist. But but I also wanted to, and I'm really glad that you brought up the trial meds uh, because before we wrap our conversation, I know you've got stuff to do today. I just, I can't help but notice and people that follow you on social media, for example, you're on Twitter at Kelsey S. Writes. You can fo- check out our Real Talk RJ tweet if you ever want to connect with guests that you're seeing or hearing here on the show. Um, you're reaching out, you're advocating to the US FDA, and I've seen a ton of tweets from you. Um, really lobbying, uh, and I know that's a loaded word, but really advocating for, yeah. for for these types of meds to be approved by governing bodies, for them to be available to ALS patients. Is is this something where a lot of your efforts are going into? I mean, obviously, you're on the clock right now, right? Yeah, I'm on the clock. My kids are on the clock. Um, my, my whole world is on the clock, right? So, uh, you know, ALS patients have been told the worst thing they've been told, go home and die. There's no hope for you. You're going to die. It's going to be probably fast. Um, it's going to be relentless. It's going to be horrible. You know, the reason why people who have watched somebody in it that they love die of ALS, the reason why they stay in that fight, even after the person, um, has is gone is because it does not leave you. It is a devastating and insidious disease. Um, and it's horrible to watch somebody go through. So what we want is more funding. Um, ALS is not as rare as people think it is every uh, 90 minutes, somebody is diagnosed with ALS every 90 minutes, somebody dies of ALS. So there's just not a lot of people alive at a given time with the disease, but that's largely because it's just so quickly fatal. You know, we don't have a lot of survivors. We don't have people going into remission. So it's not like we have this group of advocates who have survived this illness and now they're advocating and they can share their stories. No, like when you have ALS, generally speaking, that's all you can deal with is the disease with your family, your caregivers. It's just every single day you're grinding it out. You're trying to get through the day. And so if we're in a space, some of these people, some, some of these advocates who have the space, the mental capacity, the emotional capacity to advocate while they're going through it, then, then, then we need to do that. You know, I say to people, if you don't have a personal connection to this disease, I'm offering up my family to you. Um, Mm. let my family be your personal connection, care about my family, care about my kids, care about my husband, if you have no other connection and then enter this world and see all these other families who are going through this disease, who have lost somebody to this disease, who are in the process of losing somebody to this disease and, and join us, help us. We need people who aren't just necessarily have a one degree separation with this disease to be in the fight. And as far as approving drugs and things like that for ALS, we're trying to tell people is we want incremental things. We're not looking for a magic bullet. We want time. That's all people with ALS want is time. We want more time with the people that we love. We want to keep our loved ones here. We want another month of my husband. If a drug extends somebody's month by or life by three months, like three more months of my husband being here to watch my kids play hockey <sighs> matters. Nothing matters more. Kelsey, couldn't be a bigger fan. Um, 
I don't know. It's like you're the type of person I see it every single day because I spend a lot of time on your social media. Cause you're, <laughs> for, first of all, you know, I grew up in Calgary and I have this strange relationship between the two hockey. I, the, the Battle oh. of Alberta. I was just the Battle of Alberta was a mess for me. Killing and you. Everybody and everybody wanted the Snow family to see a cup run for the Flames. And, and then, you know, we've got little Ben, ben Stelter yeah. in Edmonton. And so you had the Ben story for the Oilers. And, and ultimately, by the end, I found I found where I could stand on it, which was that I'll be happy if I their team wins um but people but literally like thousands and thousands of people are walking with your family because like you said you said i'm offering up my family like you're providing context you're providing the inroad you're providing kind of i guess this opportunity for for people to be able to join you on a journey that's like how do you even find the words yet you do with this sorry i'm sad podcast i'm so grateful that you made time to talk to us about it today i know it's going to resonate with people i have confidence it's going to reach the people that need to be reached with it. Who knows? Maybe a future guest on your podcast will reach out because they heard you here. I don't know. They can check out <laughs> sorryimsad.com and subscribe anywhere they get their podcasts. Are we leaving anything on the table? I don't want to thank you for your time before we touch on something important. Well, I would just like to say you opened with that great commercial yeah. or video that we put out. Um, so we have this challenge going on right now. June is ALS Awareness Month. Um, in Canada, we started it on Lou Gehrig day, which was June 2nd. And we are, um, we're just trying to get people to do something simple with your opposite hand. Chris is right-handed, but he's lost the use of his right hand. And so, you know, it came about because last summer we went to Boston, that's where Chris grew up and they, on, you know, for Chris's 40th birthday, uh, Chris and the kids all threw out a first pitch and Chris had to throw it left-handed. And so he's had to teach himself how to play catch with the kids left-handed, how to do everything left-handed. And, and so the challenge is just, you know, the hashtag is weak side strong and it's just do something, anything with your opposite hand or your opposite foot and, you know, post a video of it, challenge your friends, share it. And then we have a great website, weaksidestrong.org that has a ton of different great options that you can donate to different places that are doing great work. Um, in the ALS community, whether it's through their research, their advocacy, helping families um, who have ALS stay as independent um, as possible through technology and assistive mm. devices, things like that. So there's lots of great options. Um, you know, we're always hoping everybody in the ALS community is always just hoping for another ice bucket challenge moment um, to turn the attention to this disease again and keep people paying attention. Yeah, that ice bucket challenge was just a remarkable. It was it was a phenomenon. I mean, people have people have been trying to recreate it uh, mm -hmm. for other charities for years. Yeah. Um, there was something about it, right? And, and memory serves, if it's correct, uh, Kelsey, it was just one year only. They they let it happen just the one time, right? Yeah, or did they I did mean, they try to recreate it again and it didn't kind of? It's the best hard. thing about the ice bucket challenge is that it was totally organic. Yeah, like it wasn't a plan. It no. was like, oh, let's do this. Um, it was too. Two people, two ALS patients, actually from Boston, um, Pete Frades and Pat Quinn, and they, they, they started it, and it raised over two hundred million dollars for research and for for ALS funding, and it just raised this whole awareness of like what even ALS is. And I think people now can say those letters, and they're like, oh yeah, ALS ice bucket challenge. But now the goal is like, no, no, we're still here. <laughs> we still haven't figured this thing out. And let me tell you what those three letters actually mean in our lives. Yeah. I'm trying to find a picture really quick. I'm like, as we're talking, I'm trying to find a picture on my Facebook. I, I won't be able to find it, but it's, uh, it's me back in the day doing the ice bucket challenge on a TV set. 
Um, <laughs> so impromptu and so unplanned that we didn't remove any of the sort of like technical devices from the room <laughs> and yeah. i remember the uh our our engineers uh on set were, were more than gracious in, in explaining to me how that would have been helpful had i maybe removed the oh here it is <laughs> check this photo out kelsey you have to see here it is this was the 20th of august 2014 oh, um that's uh that's my wife carrie on the left and that's kate gallagher of kmg events uh she was the, she was the top donor to dump that garbage can of water and ice over my head on on a tv set an amazing photo that raised a bunch of dough but i think it might have done more damage money wise <laughs> than it would have anyway oh man it makes it that that makes me smile because it takes me back to a time like you said 200 million raised around the world and it put it all over people's radar hard to believe almost 10 years ago but here you are keeping that conversation going really remarkable stuff thank you for having me i really appreciate the chance to to share to any audience that that will listen. Well, I was I was telling people that in uh, your and my correspondence ahead of time, you know, you basically just reached out to me. Uh, you said, I love real talk. You're not talking about the show. You're talking about the concept. You say, yeah. I love real talk. It's truly my favorite thing. So let's riff. And I thought that's uh, the best commitment that any guest can bring to the table is just to keep it real. And you do it all the time. Again, sorry, I'm sad. Dot com is where you can find Kelsey Snow's amazing podcast. And then, of course, if you want to get involved with what she's talking about as well, WeeksideStrong.org or just use the hashtag WeeksideStrong. Kelsey, thanks. Give a big shout out to Chris for us and tell your kids they're loved. Uh, thank you so much, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you got it. Um, as mentioned, it is ALS Awareness Month, and, and there's going to be a lot of people doing things that, that really matter uh, to raise awareness, to raise funds, and that includes... Um, a partnership with Sea Change Brewing. We're not officially in, you know, this is just us. Uh, this isn't like a paid partnership or anything like that. But Adam Rombaugh was uh, just a legendary guy and just an unbelievable friend uh, to so many people who, uh, of course, had to say goodbye to Adam uh, after his battle with ALS uh, back in May of 2018, 34 years of age. Uh, but Adam used from the time of his diagnosis. And, and uh, if you just check out ALSAB.ca, you can check out this video. It's Adam's ALS story. And, and, and you can learn a little bit more about what made him tick. He, he literally, uh, John, a remarkable guy when he was diagnosed. Yeah. Um, Adam and his friends will tell you, Chris Andrzejczyk is a good friend of mine, who's a good friend of Adam's. And he's advocating like Adam used his remaining time on planet Earth to advocate for ALS research, to, yeah. to, to allow himself to, to kind of be a bit of a story, to show people what the disease can do, but how important mm -hmm. it is to fight back. A lot of the uh, people we've been meeting downtown where our new studio is, yeah. they talk about Adam all the time. He's a legend. He He's a legend to people. And so um, so we're proud right here. The, these, are, these are just out. I should bring them in focus closer to my face. This is uh, Adam's Pale Ale. This is uh, one for Adam today. We're going to have it here in studio. And uh, want to just let people know that the, the Adam's Pale Ale is now available for a limited time. There you go. Should we cheers? Here's one to Adam. Let's, uh, you know. Cheers. To you, Adam. And we want to encourage people to, to not only track down an Adam's Pale Ale in the Sea Change uh, tap rooms, but of course you can also contribute. You can learn a little bit more about ALS. You can sign up to volunteer, whatever it is, at alsab.ca. When you take a picture or a video, it's, today is June 9th. Today is a significant day for this movement. We want to ask you to post a photo on Instagram or Twitter. Now, we're going to do that right after we wrap here using the hashtag one on Adam. Have one on Adam. 
and uh, encourage your followers. You can scan the QR code on the can. You can learn more about the campaign and donate to the ALS Society of Alberta. That's just one initiative through this month. Of course, the Snow family has their thing going on as well, weeksidestrong.org, and, and many different ways to get involved. Plus, we want to hear how this is impacting and affecting your family. Yeah, it's, you know, it hasn't affected my family, but I'll tell you right now that interview, that interview. Isn't she amazing? I, I, I texted her before she left right here and just said, that's the first interview I've cried during yeah. in my four months here. It's just. I think the one thing she said that affected me was, what did she say? She said, people are always telling you to be grateful what you ha- for what you have. Yeah. But she's learned to, um, what did she say? What did she say? Man, I'm just going to go back and listen to the whole interview again. It was just, it's something resonated me. Uh, oh, what you could instead think of what you could still stand to lose. Yeah. And I just, I just started welling up when she said that it's, it is, it's true. Sometimes people are just, it's almost if what they're saying is kind of, telling you to just deal with it and and she's taking the opposite she's just fighting fighting continuing we're gonna fix this we're gonna make it better if not for my husband for the person after and it just just started getting walled up when she was talking about that it was incredible you got depth there kid (laughs) you got depth i need this sea change after that interview and i told my wife this morning because my wife is a big advocate you know she has anxiety and and all these things like everyone has been dealing with since the pandemic began and and i said you're gonna want to listen to today's show and i guarantee Mm. she's gonna be listening to that podcast i think there's gonna be some hearts that are full after today's show and that includes mine um and uh, i want to just let everybody know how much we appreciate you showing up for this uh we're gonna go through the results of our get real question of the week we'll do that on tomorrow's show john uh sapria devetti is going to join us we've got our cost of living roundtable plus we're going to get into the results what you told us hundreds of you about how you feel about gun control, in particular in the United States. If you're a Patreon supporter of Real Talk, we thank you so much for that. You can learn more about what's involved there, what comes with it. If you go to ryanjesperson.com and click on Connect, uh, we send a pound of coffee to somebody chosen at random every month. You get the top-line reports. They're called 15, 20 pages of fascinating insight into where this audience is at on issues that matter. If you're a Patreon supporter, you already have the top line report for that question of the week in your email inbox. We sent that out this morning before we went live. You can check that out and we'll get to it tomorrow. But I wanted to flag and put on your radar the question of the week for this week. So you go to our website, ryanjesperson.com. You click on connect. You go to question of the week. We're asking over the past few weeks, people have been packing into theaters, relatively large numbers compared to most points through the pandemic. We want to see where you're at, how you feel about summer movies, the movie theaters, going in person and a few other summer activities. You can click to respond. Takes like two minutes or less. Again, at RyanJesperson.com under the connect link. I saw some stat. I should have it in front of me before I cite it on the show. Something along the lines of. Top Gun Maverick is all no this kid it's it's 10 days in it is it true it's already Tom Cruise's top gross that doesn't sound right top I grossing saw film, something about but it's like on the short list of one of his top grossing films 10 days out it's just like killing it at the I think box office it was his top grossing film at opening or something okay uh, yeah something like but that absolutely all I see all over social media and it's funny people you would never think uh, posting about action movies and, and Tom Cruise are like this is my favorite movie I've seen in like the last five years. It's it's yeah. a, it's a really good movie. I got to get out to it. I got to go this weekend. Yeah. See, mine is getting a little bit more because com- th- there's a six day old at oh, home. You can't do anything. I don't even call. I but don't. Carrie's actually. Yet. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. She's she's a, a phenomenal. Like like I. <laughs> 
I showed up to hockey yesterday. We skate Careful. Wednesdays at three, and I showed up at hockey, and the guys were like, "What are you doing here?" Yeah. I was like, "How did you get here?" And I was like, "I traded off. I did the work earlier, so I could be here now." You know, and then, and then so I'm sort of thinking now, like, how do I swing Top Gun Maverick? Because I'd love to take her for for a date mm-hmm. if she'd be interested, but. Then I don't know what do you do with the little man. It seems a little early to take the little man to, to a theater to see Top Gun. <laughs> no. oh, what was Baby's first movie? Top Gun Maverick. We got half an hour in and he started crying. Is Gotta he a big crier? Big... No, is he's he... not. Is he good? good no, boy. he's like been unbelievable. Though we have this thing. This have you heard about the snoo? No. New oh, parents will know. You zip the baby up. Well, it's is that what this well, is? it's like You're it's like... like a it's like a bassinet. I didn't forecast that we'd be talking about this. Um, I've, I've seen them. Yeah, it's a bassinet that runs on an app. And uh, we're just renting it because I think it costs like as much as a Lamborghini, but we're just renting it. So this saves you a walk over to the room. Well, it's like it does a thing where it's like the, the baby's like in the. It's a, OK, do we have a second? <laughs> I mean, yes, we have a second. <laughs> so you literally Carrie's showing me how this works. So the so the baby's swaddled into a thing with like Velcro. It looks I'm, I, I, it looks like a straitjacket. Yeah, that's there's what like she Velcro. Yeah, Velcro picture. straps. And then you there's they're swaddled. And then it clips in, so they can't go anywhere. They can't, well, they're not going anywhere anyway, but they can't move. But then the snooze starts to like slowly rock. It has white noise, and then as the baby starts to stir, and then if that elevates into crying, it goes from like level light blue, <laughs> and it has. It's like Noah is sleeping peacefully. Now you can't be like at the bar down the street. But you know, yeah, t- typically you're, you're in the get... ne- you're in the next room or you're in the room, but then it, go- it elevates to like level orange, and it's like. Noah is stirring and then the bassinet starts to do certain things and then it goes all the way up to code red which only goes for one minute and the code red is like it starts being like moving around and the white minute starts doing all the things He's getting antsy and then it's like rah, 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 and then the parents have to run in and Noah needs a diaper change Noah, <laughs> Noah is looking for some attention uh, but yeah no anyway amazing and uh, a different context for Father's Day this year obviously yeah uh, kind of brings that full circle we always want to hear your stories, real talkers. Whatever we're talking about that's resonating with you, we want to know where you're at. Got that tweet yesterday from Chad. Appreciated that. My, my neighbor, he, his kids are just loving this new Dodge Ram. I'm just like, I love it. He posts about it. He says, I thought I had 14 more years before their little guy, Reed, started asking for the keys for the truck. But no, he wants them now which is awesome. The whole family loves that Ram 1500 that they picked up from our friends at St. Albert Dodge. Check this out. Chad goes, I thought I had 14 more years before I had boys stealing the keys to my ride. Chad wants to thank the fantastic team at St. Albert Dodge for the new truck. He says a shout out to Real Talk for the solid recommendation. The service lives up to the hype. That's music to our ears. You can browse the inventory, both pre-owned and brand new, at St. Albert and Sherwood Dodge online. And of course, remember, the relationship doesn't end with the sale. That's when it starts. Their service team is proud to earn the return business and the referrals of their customers. You can find them online through the Sponsors tab on our website. Also, big shout out to our friends at Local Environmental. Tis the season, festival season. If your neck of the woods, if your neighborhood, maybe it's your community organization, maybe it's a corporation, whatever it is, your small business, throwing a party big or small. If you need portable toilets, water hauling, fencing, one of those things, you know, you throw the ball at the target and somebody gets dumped. The dunk tank, the dunk I love tank, that yeah. stuff. You need to fill a dunk tank. Water hauling from local environmental could be the solution you're looking for. And Trash Talk goes tomorrow. What's pissing you off? Let us know in an email and you could be featured in tomorrow's Trash Talk presented by local environmental. Feels like a pretty good day to wrap up by talking about Dairy Queen. What do you think? Which one do you want to throw at us? Can we talk about the chicken strips? 
The Dairy Queen, did, I learned something about the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. Their chicken strip basket, I was talking to Mark and Michelle Cardinal. They're two of the owners uh, from that ownership group, the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. I said, I said, tell me a little bit about the chicken strips. And they like turn around. They look at me. Their eyes grow wide. They say, do you know, they say, did you know that different restaurants get different access to different parts of the bird? I go, what are you talking about? They go, not many people know this. All their competitors, when you think of Dairy Queen and then you think of all their competitors, the competitors are getting the, the parts of the chicken that Dairy Queen doesn't want. That's the way. I go, I go how did you organize? Are you, you're BSing me. They go, not a chance. So I started asking around, and it turns out that people that know, they know that the DQ Chicken Strip Basket is the best in the business. You can pick one up today at Palisades de Mayo, Newcastle, Westmount, or Baseline Road. A big shout-out to our friends at Dairy Queen who will be, as mentioned, serving up Dilly Bar Shooters at the Real Talk Golf Classic coming up I Thursday, just, June 23rd. I, I got to know what's in it. What's in it? Well, we're going to have to find out. And how will it affect me the next day? Well, <laughs> if I have too many. We're not going to worry about that the day of. Uh, by the way, we will have uh, ways, appropriate ways for people to get home safety first at the yeah, golf tournament. We're looking course. forward to that as this well. This isn't just a big, you know, hoedown. This is, we're doing everything. We're oh, getting it's the food, be... the drinks, the golf, the Good times, everything. Yeah. Have you thought about, started thinking about the playlist? Are you more a guy that like, of are you, you're going to start, uh, or are you more like a knee jerk guy? Like, oh, I feel like this needs a little air supply. Well, like a wedding, a nightclub, an event, you're trying to like hype up, hype up. Golf is a little different. Like you mm. want people to be a little relaxed. They got to focus. Do you so though? It's going to be a little party, but it's going to be more like, I'm going to do some throwbacks. I'm going to remix some stuff. You're going to be like, oh, I don't. It sounds forgot that sounds, about that one. That sounded like a haircut. I forgot it's about it's gonna be a little party with some throwback. Some it's, Doobie Brothers there <laughs> with ooh, the music. Yeah, we're gonna but be on with the a little uh, oomph. We're gonna yeah. be on the T box. We're gonna be on hole four, you and I. Yeah. Um and, and we're gonna make it worth your while when you swing by the real talk T box. It's gonna be great. It's going to be unbelievable stuff. So as mentioned, coming up tomorrow, uh, we're gonna wrap today. We're going overtime because because we're doing what we do here, which is just hang out and keep it real. Uh, we know the cost of living are up for people. You're telling us that nonstop. We'll talk about it with Sapria Devetti when she makes her Friday appearance tomorrow. And then our, of course, Real Talk Roundtable. We're, we're dedicating that conversation to cost of living on the rise. How do we navigate it? What's the smartest move to make for your family, for your bottom line? Kelly Keene will quarterback that for us. Looking forward to it. In the meantime, make it a great Thursday. Thanks for checking us out. And we'll talk to you soon. Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson. Executive producer, Josh Dunford. Technical producer, John Hicks. General manager, Katie Cook Shivers. Account coordinator, Lawrence Derlego. Human resources, Lena Shepard. Website design, Mike Johnston. Voiceover by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Sapria Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Brandy Morin, Anne Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harmon Candola. Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson. Member Emerita, Julie Rohr. Real Talk is reported in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Salto, and Nakota Sioux, home to Métis settlements and the Métis Nation of Alberta. Real Talk is the flagship property of Relay Communications Group Incorporated. All rights reserved. For more, check out ryanjesperson.com. 